A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Clean energy is where Wisconsin is moving. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Energy companies and utilities such as WEC Energy Groups continue to close down coal plants and start moving towards solar or wind energy. But it doesn't come easy for some. When solar farms are proposed, some residents are concerned that it's tarnishing the rural landscape or reducing the value of their land. Brendan Conway, who leads public relations at WEC Energy Groups, is here to explain how they approach those arguments. Sure. No, that's a great question. And we have, I mean, um, and I think you know this, right? So our uh, the, the most recent projects that we've announced, um, dating back to our Two Creek Solar uh, Project, which is the first large-scale solar facility in the state of Wisconsin history to go into service. That went to service in the fall. We've approached those a little different than our past, where we've worked with developers who have kind of got out and you know secured uh, contracts with landowners and then um, developed the the project, and then we generally take ownership of it after it goes into service. So kind of all of the ones that in the last few years that we've either uh, had, you know, construction happening or announced are, are more like that. But we have a history of, you know, developing renewable energy projects dating back, you know, 20 years with the first large-scale wind farms in the state um, and some other, you know, smaller solar projects and a biomass plant. So we certainly, as, as part of that process and even going back to our other energy facilities across the state, right, we understand that neighbors are always going to have questions about new energy projects. And so we take a real rigorous approach that we work hard to address those questions. We have one-on-one conversations, public meetings, you know, other community outreach before, during, and after any facility is built. And we work really hard to build the trust of the communities where we uh, have facilities. And what's, I think, an interesting part is that in many cases, neighbors who had the most questions before and even during construction of some of our facilities have become our most uh, outspoken supporters after Um, they see what we do and how they benefit the community. Why do they become your supporters? I think it's a couplefold. I think that some of it is people don't understand, right? If if someone says, we're going to do something new that's different, oftentimes that can can raise a lot of questions, and that's super understandable. And then I think people appreciate our very, you know, open and transparent process. And I think they also appreciate, you know, that we, what we bring to the community once we're there. Um, Our employees who work in these facilities, they really become part of the communities uh, where they work. They volunteer their time, their talent. And from a company, utility, and corporate perspective, we really take an active role in supporting those communities as well, whether it's through charitable giving, economic development experts. And I think people start to see, okay, what I thought, and now what I see are two very different things, and I'm really happy with what I see. And it's much different than what I thought might happen. Some people are concerned that the ion battery at some solar farms could possibly blow up. I mean, what do you have to say about that? So three of the facilities we've announced so far um, are solar and battery projects. I guess what I could say is, you know, on that front of battery. And these are the first battery projects uh, in the in Wisconsin history. We've announced the first ones, and it's a way to take renewable energy and extend it out. Because obviously when the sun is not shining, the wind is not blowing, we're not producing that clean renewable energy. These batteries will allow us to capture that and feed the grid and kind of what we call kind of sunshine after sunset. That said, it's, you know, the technology is not new, but it's still developing. But here's what we would, what we would tell people. One, we're working with the developer Invenergy for all of our uh, solar battery projects who have a history of doing this. They've been doing this for 15, 20 years. They have a great track record of safety. And the technology that 
currently that, that they're proposing that we would use has been tested, is safe, but then we go beyond that. Right. We don't just say it's safe and walk away. We work closely with um, the local uh, law enforcement, the local fire departments, local EMS, you know, with training. We have uh, safety plans. Uh, we oftentimes have to submit those safety plans as part of the PSC review. They do a rigorous review to make sure it's going to be safe. So we understand people's concerns, and we don't dismiss them at all. What we say, if people have questions, the developer will work with them, help address them, as will the regulators. And so this is, you know, this is not something that is not done without a lot of rigor and a lot of safety backup in place. Now, Brendan, I'll be honest with you. I've never been to a solar farm. I think they're cool when I drive past, but I don't live next to one. When people are talking about those being kind of a blemish to that beautiful rural landscape that we know and love here in Wisconsin, I don't know. How do you respond to that? Uh, wind facilities are, are older than, than solar uh, in the state. It just economically made a lot more sense. So some of our wind facilities date back to like the late 2000s, like 2008, 2009, 2011, kind of in that time frame. Pretty relatively large ones in Fond du Lac County, uh, in Columbia County. So, you know, not, not, not all that far away. And the neighbors there, I think if you were to go talk to them, would say that maybe we had thoughts, we might have had concerns, but now we understand this. And here's how you can tell, because now there's new wind facilities being proposed near those same areas. So landowners who have lived around these renewable energy facilities, who have lived around them for 15 years at this point, are now saying, yeah, we're okay with even building more. And I think the other important part that maybe could get lost in this is, at least in all of our cases, in all of our facilities, that's all I can speak to, um, and I think this is though universal, is we work with these landowners, right? They are doing this, leasing their property by choice. No one's forcing them to do it. They're doing it by choice because they believe it's best either for their land or their community or the state or even, you know, their grandchildren in some cases. Is it mostly farmers that are leasing their land? It could be any property. I mean, when, when the developers are going out looking for land, there's all sorts of things that go into it. Some of it's, you know, where, where it is connection to a transmission network, the geography and topography of it, that it makes sense for whatever the specific project would be. They're oftentimes looking for large areas of land. So yes, oftentimes there aren't just like general large areas of land that are not being farmed. So yes, I would think for the most part, this would be farmland. That said, if someone just happened to have other land that wasn't being used for farming, that made sense. I mean, certainly that would be something they would look at too. And Brendan, I've heard that this is financially beneficial for landowners to have their land as part of a clean energy program. I mean, certainly, you know, to the, to the point that, again, uh, these landowners are doing this, um, oftentimes farmers are doing this to lease their property as a choice. They must feel and believe that there's a financial benefit for themselves. Um, I mean, I couldn't get into individual contracts uh, for each project, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's, part of, it's part of the process that the developers will talk to them, explain to them what the options are, and, and that they can in- negotiate with individual landowners. I've certainly seen quoted in other stories. I haven't had individual conversations with specific farmers who have said this to me, but I've certainly seen them quoted in other stories where they say, yeah, it made financial benefit to me, to my family, you know, to my grandchildren. And so they're, they're making that choice. I think the other thing that, you know, these are leases. So if we have a 20-year lease or a 30-year lease, at the end of that lease, that landowner can decide, okay, you know, we want to go back to farming that land. Um, and then, you know, we would be responsible for removing the project from their land, and it could go back to farmland if that's what they wanted. Oh, and by the way, you know, it hasn't been farmed for 20 or 30 years, so it's going to be, you know, presumably really ready to be farmed again. Why is this move to clean energy becoming more popular? 
WEC Energy Group, uh, and specifically here in Wisconsin, um, for uh, We Energies and Wisconsin Public Service, our, our utilities, we are the largest renewable energy investor in Wisconsin. Right? We have been for a long time, and it looks like we will be for a long time in the future. We know the importance of clean energy. So we know the importance of you know, reducing emissions, maintaining reliability to our customers, which is incredibly important, and supporting the goals of uh, things like the Paris Climate Agreement and Wisconsin's Task Force on Climate Change. So we've made strong commitments, some of the strongest in the entire industry, um, to reduce electric uh, or carbon emissions from electric generation 60% by 2025, 80% by the end of 2030, and a net zero electric generation fleet by 2050. It's important, um, obviously, to uh, you know, reduce emissions. It's important to maintain reliability. Um, and it's also important to have affordable energy for our customers. And so that's what we're doing, affordable, reliable, and clean energy. That's what we're moving forward to. And so part of that is closing some older fossil fuel units. Part of that is building new solar, building new wind, building new battery, and I think most of our customers know at the end of the day, they want to know when they flip on the lights at nighttime that it's there and they want to know that it can be done affordably. And so that's what our focus is on. And looking at the statewide map, is this something that's uh, more doable in southern Wisconsin or, or are we seeing more of these wind and solar happening in the northern part of the state too? Our first solar project was done um, in Manitowoc County. So it's kind of the, you know, central, you know, north central part. Um, certainly some of the more recent solar projects have been announced kind of in the southern part. So, I mean, I think, I, again, it's something that the developers look at. They, they do take into account, you know, where, where it's sunnier or where the wind is stronger. So I know some of the more recent uh, wind projects are uh, in the western portion of the state. So that, that's something that's taken into account, but that isn't to say that you couldn't have something in a northern area where that, that doesn't make sense for solar or wind as well. So it, it's all sorts of different things are taking into account where they can actually get land. And, and also, as I, it's also important to be near the transmission distribution system because then that's a cost. If you put up a solar farm and it's many, many, many miles away from a transmission network and that transmission network those large uh, lines that get power really far distances, then it's going to be really expensive, and that's something that maybe would be against the project. So if you can build it near a transmission network, that brings down the cost and makes it more viable for certainly our customers who end up you know, um, helping to pay for it. For people that are not a part of that leasing program, landowners that are next to the solar farm or the wind turbine, whatever, does their land value go down? That has not been our experience. Um, we've often found that when we are, you know, our projects are in communities, um, and I'm speaking this, you know, largely because we have obviously energy facilities across the state, whether it's wind, solar, you know, other types of generation. That is not the case that we have seen that in we have projects across the state and we have not seen that when we come into community, uh, the land value goes down. Oftentimes we see the opposite, um, whether it's because we you know, bring more to the community through our um, support of the communities, through charitable giving, economic development efforts. That said, I understand something new like this can be confusing, can be challenging to people. It's certainly something that we understand. That's why we try so hard to talk, you know, very openly and, and address those concerns. WEC Energy Group will be purchasing the Kashkanong Solar Center in Cambridge. Brendan, when will that happen? Yeah, so if it's approved, this project would be the largest renewable energy project in the state, which obviously is important as we're all kind of looking to that cleaner energy future. It's pending currently before the PSC, so they're going to consider all the issues around the project, whether it's some of the things the neighbors have talked about or other issues. We have announced plans to purchase the project after it goes into service, and so that would happen on whatever timeline that is, and that's, some of that's depending on 
approvals from the PSC and then a construction timeline. So I, I don't have a, a date certain, but you know this is just kind of part of the process where it goes through with the PSC. And I guess people should hopefully know, and they probably do, people with concerns should know, the PSC takes all of these concerns into this. Um, this is something that they've been working hard on. They've been looking a lot at over the last few years for some of these projects. Um, and then they certainly will take all those concerns in and make their decision. So both if, if you're concerned about the project, but also if you support the project, people can reach out to the PSC, the Public Service Commission. The, the Public Service Commission, you know, they have a they have a very easy, I think, website where you can submit comments, and it, that is part of their that is part of their process. And so they look at those things, you know. But they have to balance, right? They for projects like this, they have to balance um, the concerns of some people in the community. And you know, again, you know, sometimes there's obviously supporters and people who who might have questions about it. Um, but they also have to balance that with making sure that the residents of Wisconsin have that affordable, reliable, and clean energy that they need. And so that's part of their balancing process. It's something I know they take very seriously and they'll work through this project like they're working through a number of projects right now currently. That's Brendan Conway who leads public relations at WEC Energy Group. He says consumers can look forward to more solar announcements to come. In addition to those three new solar projects already announced, WEC Energy Group released an aggressive plan last fall that will include more solar projects moving Wisconsin further into a clean energy economy. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.